Happy New Year, Evergreen. Oh my gosh, so good to be with you. First Sunday of the year. We're winning. Winning. If you had a spiritual goal, you, you've got it today. Good job. Good job. You're here. But uh, I, I'm Ilcian. Sorry for those of you that don't know me. My name's Ilcian. And I'm Carlos. And a uh, fun fact, I did turn a year older, and then the next day, my knee just decided to stop working. <laughs> um, and furthermore, you know, I realized um, I am one day older than LeBron James, so I'm starting to think God was just really tired, right, <laughs> the day after and just kind of gave me the spare parts. But uh, yes, um, so if you see me limping, way. that's what it is. <laughs> I was born the day after LeBron. That's the problem. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so it is a new year, uh, which can only mean a few things. Number one, gyms are packed, right? Gyms are packed. In there. Vision boards may have been carefully cracked, crafted. Um, brand new journals are open, and some of us have made the mistake of writing the year 23 on them, and you just, that's just not the worst when you write the, yeah, oh, it's only me. Okay, it's only me. Book lists have been created. Audio books have been bookmarked or downloaded. New morning, new morning routines have been established. Some of us flossing for the first time in months. Blood <laughs> everywhere. I mean, it's Gosh. like a crime scene. What a visual. <laughs> and diets have been started and already broken. <laughs> Welcome to day seven of 2024. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I was having lunch with my good friends uh, last, uh, last week, and they asked me um, if I, what my resolutions were for the year, and it kind of cut me off guard because I didn't know how to answer it. I was actually quite embarrassed, and so I kind of just mustered up what I have been saying since the, my mid-20s, which is uh, clean up my diets, right? <laughs> um, and I realized the question, um, the question made me realize that I hadn't made specific resolutions for this particular year, um, and I was wondering why. Um, that's not to say I didn't end last year reflecting on ways that I wanted my life to be different habits that I wanted to improve. There are plenty of things that I wanted to change or that I want to change, and it starts with decluttering my garage. That's one of the first things, yeah? And so why haven't I made resolutions? Well, I'm definitely not anti-resolutions. I'm for resolutions. But truth is, I just haven't seen the lasting change that I would hope for through the form of New Year resolutions. It hasn't happened for me. And I realized I could be doing something wrong. I did quit halfway through reading Atomic Habits. <laughs> Confession, right? Maybe I need to finish the book. Yes. <laughs> but although I haven't seen lasting change through resolutions, that's not to mean I haven't grown. Believe me, the version that you get today is an upgrade from College Carlos. Trust me, okay? Um, you see, I have, um, I have achieved intentional goals. Um, I've learned a whole bunch. Um, I've, I've grown a little bit, bit by year. I've made healthy and lasting choices with my diet being the final frontier, okay? <laughs> I believe it. I'm going to speak it. And so um, how have I experienced these changes, you might ask, or I was reflecting? Well, I would describe my process more as renewal than resolution. This is what has worked for me, and this is what we want to offer. What if we were to begin to think um, about 
change less in resolution, uh, but more in renewal or the practice of renewal? So one of the practices that Carlos and I started, um, you know, back in um, when we got married. Um, How long ago was that, Elton? Uh, I'm not good with numbers. Um, <laughs> goodness. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to stay focused here. We started this practice. We would get away before year end, and we would pray, and we would ask the Lord um, to speak to us and to give us a word from his word that would anchor us through the year. So we did that for 2024. We wanted a word that would anchor us because if we don't have an anchor, the storms of life will wreak a havoc. And so we did that. And so last year, we, we, we felt we received a clear vision from God and we shared it. And in 2024, um, we asked the Lord for a clear focus. So that led us to Isaiah 43, verses 18 through 19. And it'll be up on the screen. So if you don't have a Bible, don't worry, it'll come up. But it says this. But forget all that. It is a nothing compared to what I am going to do, for I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. And just to give you a little bit of context, this was the prophet Isaiah that was speaking to the people of God, and the people of God had been in a place where they were doubting. They were unsure of who their God was. They were exiled in Babylon and enslaved. And so it's in the midst of that that the prophet brings this word that points to the history of God, right? Because if you read that chapter from the beginning, it starts talking about how God delivered them from Egypt and all that he had done. And, right, and he gives them an image that is full of hope and promise. So God has delivered them from Egypt, but he was not going to deliver them from Babylon in a greater way. God was saying, you thought that was good? Wait, wait, it gets better, yeah. right? And um, he is the same God even at work now. The theologian and commentator David L. Um, Barlett, in regards to this passage, described it like this. He said, Yahweh, or God's strong claim here, recalls the dueling duet from Irving Berlin's Annie Get Your Gun. Frank Butler and Annie Oakley sing to each other, this, probably you know this line, anything you can do, I can do better, I can do anything better than you, right? Well, God says it like this, anything I can do, I can do better. Mm. And that is our God. He can do anything better that he's already done. He's like, Exodus was good, but the return of Babylon is going to be better still. And he says, for I am doing something new. I'm about to do something new. And there are different translations of this. But one of the translations says, do you not perceive it? Do you know it? Can you see it in your mind's eye? Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks, so he is, or as a person thinks, so they are. And so our thoughts, the way we think about something affects how we see it. And I think um, for the people of God to see the new thing he is doing, it starts with renewing our minds about what we see. 
And so we need a renewed mind, what Romans 12, 2 talks about. It says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve that God's will is his, what will, God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. See, a renewed mind is able to see God at work. Can it be that through this text of Isaiah 43, 19, God is saying, the future that I have for you, you are not able to see it or create it for yourself. It's going to take me. I am the creator. For you see, it will take dependency on God. It will take relationship with God and faith in God to see him create those new ways. And so we believe that God is doing something new here at Evergreen. We believe that this is prophetic. And then 2024, we want to be on the lookout for God's surprising action in our lives and in our community. It's not just about us. You guys know this. This church is not within the four walls, but God calls us outside of the four walls to our community. So we want to be on a journey of seeing, embracing, and living that new that God is up to. And so 2024 will be the year of new. Can you say that with us? New? New. 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 Now, many of us probably have a bunch of different interpretations of what that means. And so we think it's helpful to have a collective definition when we introduce something like the word for the year. And so we want to offer a very simple definition of what we think about when we think of the word new. First of all, we think about God's active involvement in our lives our neighbors' lives, and in our world. Now, I'm not going to tell you anything new, um, but uh, God did not act and then stop. God has acted and is acting and has promised to act. Mm. He is the God of the past, present, and our future. And so we believe that new represents the active involvement, the right now plans of God the right now activities of God, not only in our individual lives, but in the lives of those who God has called us to, our neighbors, our spheres of influence, and then our far, our world around us, our city, our county, um, our nation. Um, And so Jesus said it this way in John chapter 5, verse 17. He says, my father is always at work to this very day. Notice he brought it to the present and I too am working. And so um, new is um, not only that, it's not only being actively involved in what God is up to, but new also has everything to do with only the things that God can do. When we think of new, we think of the supernatural, the miraculous, the impossible. Um, Isaiah said it this way, he said, pathway through the wilderness, rivers in the dry wasteland. What is that describing? Is describing only the things that God can do. And so we read in scripture that God was the one who parted the Red Sea. God was the one who sent manna from heaven. God was the one who was able to feed through Jesus Uh, crowds of thousands, 5,000s and 4,000s, including women and children. It was Jesus who did the supernatural one-time act of raising Lazarus from the dead. 
And so for us today, new might look different, right? New for us looks like a positive prognosis after much prayer. Uh, New for us is when our spouse or our friends suddenly have a heart change of the direction they want to go in their marriage towards reconciliation and forgiveness and peace. News is, new for us is having that child that you always hope for in ways that you would have never imagined. New for us is when God shows favor in our places of work, when God opens a fresh door of opportunity that we ourselves weren't trying to, to go after. New um, is those divine appointments when we're in those long lines at Costco. Amen? <laughs> right? And so new, new is the irreplaceable acts by the hand of God for our today. That is what we think when we think of new. God's active involvement, the things that only he can do. And so understanding that we want to be a community that lives in the new is important for a a whole bunch of reasons, but we want to offer one, and that's this. When we place our focus on new, as we just defined it, then it, um, God activates through his Holy Spirit for the first time or reawakens his continuous calling on our lives. What does that mean? We begin to look up and look for God's activity around us. We begin um, to witness the things that only can be explained by, by there being a, a loving God who is for us. And we are drawn to this lifelong invitation and mission. We remind ourselves of Jesus' words when he said, come and follow me. Be my students. Learn from my ways. Be formed by my teaching. Or when Jesus told Peter, tend my sheep. And that was his way of saying, serve my people and live for my purpose. And so Paul, he he expressed it this way. Famously in Philippians chapter 3, no, dear brothers and, and sisters, I have not achieved it. Paul is saying, I haven't arrived. I still have much life to live. And so I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and look fo- looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling who? Uh, Don't you just love it that Paul was inclusive in that language? He didn't say, hey, he's calling me. That's invitational. That's for us today. He's saying God has called us, and let's set our focus on what that is. And so what we want to suggest to you is that could could you uh, make the New Year season a time of personal renewal around going around the things of God and his purposes. Um, because, you know, the, the new part of new, like new can be fun. New can be exciting. I like going out to new places that I haven't gone, new coffee shops. I love it. I love the excitement of a new place. And it can be fun and exciting, but it can also be challenging, right? So I want to read you this verse that Jesus shares with his disciples, and it says in Luke 5, verses 37 through 39, He says, and no one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the new wine would burst the wineskins, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine must be stored in new wineskins.
but no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. The old is just fine, they say. And that's my old voice <laughs> coming out. Um, but that the old is just fine, they say. See, the challenge with new is that we prefer what we know, yeah. right? We like what we like, comfort. And I know, um, you know, when you go to a restaurant, you're tempted to try the new, new dish, but you're like, but I know that I really like this. So we, we, we know the taste, we're used to it, so we go with the same thing. And see, your brain, you know this, right? You, this is nothing new to you. Your brain has patterns of thinking. There's neurons that have developed pathways because of the actions that you've lived and you've taken throughout your life. And a doctor in psychology puts it this way. It's like hiking trails that are similar um, to your brain pathways. Just as a grassy path becomes flattened, matted, and worn away every time a hiker walks over it, as you focus on something with your thoughts, feelings, and behaviors, you strengthen your brain pathways. Over the days, months, and years, a well-traveled hiking trail becomes a well-worn pathway. So because we are, our brain loves the easy thing, yeah. right? That's what we do. We prefer the easy thing. And have you ever noticed there are times where you get from home to like daycare or work or wherever it is you're going, and you're like, how did I get here? It was like autopilot. It just happened, and you're like, whoa, because your brain's already created that pattern, and you've been driving it forever, so you just know. And so a lot of our life runs on autopilot. Yeah. So for us to bring in and introduce a new way, a new pattern, it's going to take intentionality. Yeah. Going a new way requires alertness. Requires my, my friends are visiting, and one of them said, I don't know if I want to drive. Like, all the streets are different, and they curve different here. And it's just not LA, right? And I'm like, yes. And that's the, the joy of a new place or the hardship of a new place. You're like, oh, it's all one way streets here? Oh, great, great. I have to drive different now. I have to pay attention, right? And that's the same thing about going a new way. It requires alertness and maybe a little bit of disorientation. And you know what else? When you go a new way, a way that you've never gone before, you have to be okay with not knowing everything. And I think that can be challenging for some of us. We want to know everything. Yeah. But if we're going to go a new way, we're going to have to take the trust out of us and put the trust in God and trust that he knows the way, though we may not know the way. So it's taking our brains off autopilot and introducing new pathways. And it's going to be hard because you're going to have to Go through them. You're going to have to, you know, make a pathway. You're going to flatten out grass. Take the branches that are in the way out. But keep doing it with the help of God, and you'll be able to create a new pathway. So if you've always thought, the thought that you've had or you constantly have is, I'm not worth it, maybe the new thought that needs to be introduced is, Jesus died for me on the cross. I'm worth it. Maybe the thought that you always struggle with is, this is just the way I am. Well, maybe you need to introduce a new thought that says, but in Christ, I am a new creation. Yeah. The old is gone. The new has come, right? Or maybe it's, man, I, I'm just not good at this parent thing, yeah. right? I know that was my thought when Charles was like, I, how do moms do it? I'm not good at this. 
And it's when those thoughts come, introducing a new thought that says, God gives me the grace. His grace is sufficient for me. So it's finding the truth of God. So this is what I need you to do, what I want you to do to be able to renew our minds. Bring your thoughts, the thoughts that you're struggling with, the thoughts that are not true, the thoughts that give you a negative space. I want you to bring those thoughts to God and ask God to help you believe what is true. So we invite the Lord to change our mind. Yeah. Invite the Lord to change your mind. And that's called repentance. It's a big word. It's what it is. It's changing our mind. It's going a different way. And it's this. It's agreeing with God. Yeah. And not with us or what we've known. But it's agreeing with what the word of God says. So one of the practical things you can do to renew your mind is scripture. So if you've never opened this book, I'm going to encourage you. Would you allow 2024 to be the year that you open up this book? Yes. Or that you download the app. Version app, it's free, it's available to everyone. It's in many different languages and translations. So I encourage you, if you get into the word, believe me, you will see change. You want proof? Let me give you the study from the 2000s. I know it's kind of old, but it's still true. This study showed, indicated that people that engage the word once a week saw no effect or negligible effect on their lives in the key areas of their life. And the same result was true if people engaged in scriptures two times a week. There was a little bit of change if people engaged three times a week. But there was a big jump in the data when people engaged the word four times a week. And this is what the data showed. That when people engaged their Bible four times a week, feeling lonely dropped 30%. Wow. Anger issues dropped 32%. Bitterness in relationship dropped 40%. Alcoholism dropped 57%. Sex outside of marriage dropped 68%. Feeling spiritually stagnant dropped 60%. And viewing pornography dropped 61%. Wow. It just proves what Hebrew says, and it says that the living of word is powerful. It's living and active. It has the power to change you. The Grand Canyon didn't become the Grand Canyon overnight. Yeah. It took many bits of water running through it. It's the same thing with the Word of God. That's it good. cleanses us. It changes us. So, friends, get into the Word. It is the best way to renew our minds. And then the other way that I love that I will always try to encourage you to get into is prayer. Pray. If you've never talked to God, you've talked to someone, right? So you know how prayer works. Prayer is a conversation with God. So I'm encouraged you get into prayer. We're starting 21 days of praying the word tomorrow as a four-square family. Four-square is the denomination that we belong to as a church. So we're joining them. And guess what? The scripture is already outlined for you. So you don't even have to know. Like, you don't know how to pray. Just follow what's on our website. You go to ecc4.org and it'll all be there. But we encourage you to join us in prayer for 21 days. And just be part of what God is doing. Ask him. Or maybe your prayer would just be like, okay, today I'm going to ask God for help. And you can start praying that way. But I just encourage you, prayer and the word will bring renewal to your mind. And so through, um, through inviting God to change your mind, we also have another tool, which is inviting others to help you 
on your journey of renewal. And so that's what we're doing right now. You all made a wonderful decision to gather in a faith community on the first Sunday of the year. So we should celebrate you for making that decision. That's awesome. And sometimes we can't gather in person. Sometimes we watch online. Here's our encouragement to you. Make 2024 the year where you're going to commit to regular gathering of a larger body and be a part of something bigger than just yourself. Um, and as you gather in those large gatherings, also take up the invitation to gather in small groups. And this is one of the reasons why we do seasonal small groups. And the invitation is once again for you. At the end of this month, we're going to be launching a bunch of groups for men, women. We're going to have a parenting group. We have affinity groups. Look at the options that we have. What's important is that you are being known by someone, someone knows your story, and you have someone that you can call at 3 a.m. We, we call them our 3 a.m. friends, right? Mm -hmm. Someone that you can call on in a moment of crisis. That's the point of a small group, of journeying together, growing together, and getting to know one another and the things of Jesus. And then lastly, the things that we can, the last thing we can do to invite others to do, to help um, is serving, right? Serving in some capacity, and Evergreen's a great place to do that. It doesn't have to be at Evergreen, but here at Evergreen, we invite you to serve in the areas of your gift so that you can be a part of what God is doing in the life of others. When we serve others, we get outside ourselves, and we get to see the beauty of giving. And so we invite you to do that. And lastly, uh, our closing thought for you is that um, because of Jesus, you can celebrate the fact that you have been made new. You have already been made new. Um, in 2 Corinthians 5.17, um, Paul wrote, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a what? A new person. A new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. Notice that inclusive language. Anyone who belongs to Christ. And so I just want to ask you, do you belong to Christ? Do you want to belong to Christ? Do you wonder what that means? Well, if there's anything that you're going to put your energy or your focus on at the beginning of this year, I would tell you that that's it. To explore that, or if you're ready to make that decision. And so I believe as we come to an end of our time together, someone here watching online, the spirit has been stirring in you a gravitation towards God. And you're finding that the other means of happiness and fulfillment or solution to some of your life's big problems have just fallen short. And you are sensing that it is time for you to take Jesus up on his invitation. Come, follow me is his declaration for you and I. And so maybe you're here today and you want to make that response. You want to say, Jesus, I'll follow you. I believe that you lived the perfect life. I believe that you have the gift of forgiveness for my sins, I believe that you can give me a new life, a fresh start. 
that has nothing to do with my righteousness, my morality, my perfection, and everything to do with what you accomplished for me. Maybe that's you today. So here's what I want to do. I want us to bow our heads in a, in a moment of reflection. As you think about how this message applies to you, I just want to give the opportunity for anyone ready to make the decision to make Jesus your personal Lord and Savior. And so with every head bowed down, if that's you today, here's the invitation is that you would look up at us, Ilsin and I, and we would simply agree. And we would pray in agreement to your faith decision. So if there's anyone here in the room who wants to say yes to Jesus, this is how you want to go into 2024. You want to make this faith decision, just look up at us, and we want to give you that moment. We see you. We agree with you. If there's anyone else, we see you. We see you. Anyone in the room. It's been more than this moment. God has been stirring you. It's time for you to put your faith in him. Jesus absolutely loves you. He's been pursuing you. He's made a way for you to have a relationship with your creator. And if that's you today, we want to agree. Anyone else in the room? Father, we come before you and we say thank you for the individuals here today that are saying yes to you for the first time or the first time in a long time, God. You know their hearts. You know what this means for them. And we just ask that your grace and your power and your Holy Spirit would meet them in this moment and begin the work of transformation to make us look more and more like you. We thank you, God, that they have taken you up on your offer. And we believe, God, because your word says that right now there is a celebration in heaven. So we choose to celebrate. We choose to say not only welcome to the family, but we will walk beside you. And we thank you, God, for the faith decisions made here today. Amen.